Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show, as it just said on the air a little bit ago. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. This is an interactive call-in show for you, the, the caller, to call in and ask questions. We've got, you know, what, 100 years of experience keeps going up, doesn't it, Kyle? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when was the first car made? Uh, 18-something or yeah. other. Yeah. We'll work on it. We're not, yeah, we're not yeah. that old, so... <laughs> Where Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes at 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. So you're driving past us, stop in, say hi. Let's see if we can fix your car. Boy, it turned cool today. This is great car working weather. Isn't it, though? It is. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can work on it all day. Get up, go to the parts store, figure out what you need, come back, decide you've got the wrong parts, go back. Go back. You're not sweating all not day. all day. Yeah, you got sweating all day. You know, some of those jobs you need to get out, get it done, get in there before you lose ten pounds. Yeah, today's not that day, and it's not going to rain, so it's a perfect time to get out and get there, and see if they've got the parts you have. They've been kind of running low, you know. Price parts price, you know. I noticed on a lot of things have gone up considerably. Your tires, brake pads. Get a set of brake pads for less than twenty bucks. Yeah. Now. I mean, 40, 50 bucks in some yep, of these. Yep, those have jumped 20, 20 bucks and sometimes more. Rotors have jumped considerably. Tires have jumped considerably. Um, a lot of things have jumped. But those are, and some of the other parts I don't think has jumped as much, but those three staples. Yeah, you can still get a decent price on spark plugs. Yeah, water pumps, yeah. you know, a lot of things like that. Until they run out of those, but you know it comes that season where everybody needs to be getting tires and what have you, and it's road trip season. Yeah, and supply and demand is you know it's one of those things. If you if you are told you need tires, you need to kind of think about it on the short term and get them because when you when you finally have things available, say I'll get that in a couple of months. They may not be there. Yeah. So happened to us this week. We had an estimate for a guy from. Six months ago, and it's like um, things have changed a little bit here. <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, and they just they don't have as they're still out there. They just don't have as many in stock. So they used to have forty, fifty, a hundred sometimes in stock. Now they're down to four and eight and twelve. Yeah. So and sometimes those go pretty quick. You never know. So uh, kind of leafing through some, I, I noticed that you know on a PSA here that. Uh, 21 Ford Expedition and Lincoln Navigators, if you get a recall notice on those, if you own one of those, um, you could have an engine c compartment fire. If yeah. the car's, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's, this has been a, this has been a, well, it was back in the early 2000s, they kind of had. brake switches, yeah. Yeah, brake switches would uh, get hot and turn the, uh, overheat the brake fluid, and, and most people don't know this, but brake fluid is very flammable. Mm -hmm. Very. It's right up there with gas. Yeah. So uh, 
you got can't it. run your car on it though. Don't try. No, that. don't. You can't run your car on it, but it'll it'll uh, it'll set fire pretty quickly. Anyway, th- this car could uh, start fire. You know, if it's parked with the key out of the ignition, um, things of that. You know, no one's been injured at this particular point, but they're kind of saying, you know, if you have one of those cars, uh, be careful with it. Maybe call the dealership, uh, find out what your next step is. So keep everybody safe and don't have that that kind of problem. You know, cars are complicated, and as much as they're putting any all the electronics in it, um, there is something that's bound to go. I mean, it was, before it was like, you know, recalls just never happened. No. Because they were very simple back in the 60s and 70s, and then they still had recalls, but not like they do now where there's so much going on and so much things affect other things, and sometimes you just need to go in and get a, a, a new download, just like your home computer and everything. It fixes it all. And other times, it needs a new it needs a new part, and that's something else that we noticed. It's to the modules that we have to try to fix some of these cars that go bad. Uh, lighting modules and things like that are all on back order and, and don't know when they'll be released. Everything's a module. Yeah, everything's a module. But uh, I think we have one now that we have from the manufacturer that uh, I think we're going on two three weeks. Yeah. And uh, some tell me that they're months out incredible the amount of things you can fix just by disconnecting the battery on these cars nowadays there was a toyota this week that almost wouldn't run mm-hmm. just a battery disconnect and reconnect it everything started working fine yeah yeah and what kyle's talking about is you take the battery cables off you touch them together um and you just power everything down inside the car and uh you wait five minutes and you put it back together and the reset Fixes a lot of electronics. Yeah. Factory reset. Yeah. I had somebody <laughs> tell me the other day, he says, you told me to do that. He called me back. says, you know, you told me to do that. And I didn't believe you, but you said to do it, so I did it. And he says, my problem's gone. I won't be bringing the car in. I said, well. Fair enough. There you go. Bring it in when something <laughs> else is broke. So he, he was happy. He's happy enough to call me back and that I helped him fix it. And that was just one of the one of the calls that, that we have at the station, too. So, uh, you know, here's a sad st- st- a statistic I noticed, too. This year... Uh, traffic fatalities are up the highest they've been in 16 years really to a little bit over close to 43,000 this year um or last year excuse me last year this year isn't in yet but that was last year up to almost 43,000 that's high that's awful high it seems to me like that's a lot of people that um stayed home a lot forgot how to drive could be yeah that coupled with being on the cell phone and all the technology in the car yeah yeah you know we talked that we've talked about that over the years too is that you know some of the technology and the new screens that they have you've got to take your eyes off the road to go over and press a button in order to change the radio and do the ac anything yeah anything yeah you know i prefer to reach over and grab a knob and and turn it up or turn it down or you know whatever I don't have to take my eyes off the road. I already know where it's at. So, yeah, the bigger screens that we have now, and then you're getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, like on a Tesla, uh, everything is a screen. So you think you'd be taking your eyes off the f- a road a lot in that particular car. And everybody's kind of going to that. I mean, it's nice. I really like the looks of it, but uh, some of it's just Yeah, my not. wife's Jeep. I get in and drive that. I don't even mess with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you almost need a co-pilot. Yeah. To, I need air up two notches, please. Yeah. Check. For two reasons. One, she's going to get mad at me for messing with the 
settings, and two, I can't figure it out. Well, so do you move the seat or not? Yeah, I have to. You have to. Well, yeah. I do too. I have to I'm move the seat. Six foot, she's five foot. Uh, yeah, yeah, work. yeah. So, that, so she, that's the only thing you can move, yeah. right? Got yeah, it. and I still got to hear about it. <laughs> I got to move them all. I just learned to put it back because if I don't put it back, which is never, she just kind of said, you know. I gave up trying to put it back. It doesn't go back. Yeah, I put it back as close as I can, and I know she still has to adjust it because I never get in the same spot. But, yeah, yeah, I've got to, you know, I, I can't <laughs> any of these cars anymore. So, all right, we're going to take a quick call. Uh, 97 Ford Ranger. Scott, what's going on today? Hey, I've got a 97 Ford Ranger with about 122,000 miles on it, and I had a leaf spring bracket rust out on me. And so now my thought is, well, should I replace the leaf springs since I'm basically going to have to take off the, the back end, maybe just do this at the same time? What are your thoughts on that? Well, what do you do with the truck? Do you load it down? Do you haul, camper, boat, anything Actually, like that? Actually, no. No, it's just a little four-banger. It's mostly used just for commuting. They aren't broke, throw some loads. leave them. Yeah, I, I agree with Kyle. If they're not broke, don't leave. Uh, just leave them. Um, I, I w- the, only, the only reason that I would replace them, and, and the only reason we have replaced them in the, in the past, is because with all the rust, and the reason that, that shackle rusted through is because it's just all the salt. And you may not be able to get yeah. that bolt out of there. Okay. I mean, I, it, the other thing on those, if I remember right, on the driver's side, you got to take the gas tank out to get that bolt to push through. Yeah. Because they put them in from the inside. Yeah. And so when you do, yeah. I'd say if they aren't broke and you're not hauling anything with the truck, put your shackles on there and keep driving. Yeah. And if you do, okay. you're right. You're right, Kyle. You do have to take that one out on that one side. Well, a lot of times what we'll do is cut the bolt, push it through the other side, and then take the, the bolt and the go from the bolt. Yeah. Go through the opposite side, cut the bolt down, put it on, so you got you don't have to pull the gas tank down. It, it serves the same purpose. They were doing it easy for them at the factory because the gas tank yeah. wasn't in it. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, no. It, and sometimes those bolts won't come out of the back, and we've had to take torches to them, and they're so rusted in that you don't have a choice. But you can buy a kit, a shackle kit. Um, if you're going to do one, probably do both because I can't imagine the other one's in that great a shape, is it? Yeah, we're going to do both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just do the shackles unless you're hauling something else. Ford had a big problem with springs back then, but if it ain't broke, leave it alone. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that sounds like a plan. All right, sounds good. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Merrill. My bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mister Mechanic Show. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in, and we'll be back in a minute.
558-1110 is the numbers to get in. And uh, we'll give you a call. Give us a call. See what's wrong with your car. See what we can fix for something's you. Something's got to be broke out there. Oh, something's broke, Kyle. We know something's broke. We here. I heard a car driving down the other day, and I'm clanking and clanking and clanking. Over the, oh, man. There's got to be something wrong with my truck, <laughs> which I knew there wasn't. So I rolled the window down. It was three cars over. Yeah. <laughs> they had to hear and probably thought it was me. Just well, driving were... around anymore is just entertaining to see what's on the road. I mean, I was <laughs> behind this car the other day. Dealer plates, by the way. I'm not going to say the dealer's name, but this thing is dog tracking so bad. Like it's almost in the other lane, going down the road sideways. Oh, really? Like how is? It can't be fun to drive. I mean, <laughs> no. Try and do a U-turn in that thing. No, you know, and uh, a lot of a lot of you know, you, you may not understand, but the front of the car has to be as tight as the rear of the car. Yeah. Because when you go over bumps, and I've been into cars where the rear suspension is really whacked out, and Next thing you know, you hit a bump and you're you're just shifting lanes and you think it's the front. It's the back. It's the back. Yeah. Pushing's are worn out. Something's worn out. And you got a, you got a problem back there for sure. You know, here's an article, Kyle. I ran across too. You know, with all this thing going on in Ukraine and people pulling out left and right, Renault has pulled out of Moscow because they're building cars over there for them, mm-hmm. and that's obviously they need cars to get around. So the, the Soviet Union is going to revive the the Moskov. I think that's I probably butchered that name. Whatever. I don't speak okay. much Russian, but it it means uh, it means a native of Moscow is what it means. But it's an old car. Okay. And there's still a couple hundred thousand of these on the road, and they've been built as old as 35 years ago. So it's like Saturn's over here. You kinda. It's just a it's just a square box with four doors. Very basic. Um, you know, back in that day, that's they had one car and maybe one brand and, and four different cars, and everybody drove them. Okay. So parts were, I mean, you could take parts from many multiple years and, and just change them. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine getting a door and a fender from something that's 15, 20 years old? Yeah. It's usually it's a one- or two-year process, or maybe maybe 10 if you're lucky. So this car plant may come back on online and this, this old... 60s 70s era vehicle you might start seeing them again they're bringing back carburetors bringing back carburetors. yeah it might be <laughs> might be bringing back carburetors yeah yeah i wonder if any of these made them to uh united states i'm sure some have some I'm have sure had they to have to i had to because it looks just like a you know i'm gonna research that i want to see it yeah it's it, well it, it, i did it's just a basic four-door flat bubble top it, it can't be any more basic car than than what you think so like a ford falcon <laughs> kinda, kinda. We should. So, all right. Let's head over into the calls. We have got a full bank. Let's head over to Ron. Ron's got an old one Silverado. Ron, what's going on today? Well, I got a 2001 Chevy Silverado, and the air conditioning in it, uh, it it's cold, but it doesn't blow very hard. And I checked, and there's no cabin filter to replace. Right. Wondering what. So you've you've what, uh, you've been underneath the hood, and your the air conditioning's running. You're grabbing a hold of the the low side, and everything's sweating, and everything's doing great underneath there. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's, All right. It's got a good charge, and you don't feel much of any kind of air movement out of the vent. Okay. Right. Okay. So you're you really only got one choice. 
That's going to be an evaporator. It, it gets plugged up, it, yeah. It gets plugged up. Have you had to recharge this at any particular time? I, in, in, 0, in 01, I imagine you've recharged it several times, haven't you? Um, Actually, just once, about, oh, three years ago. Okay. Well, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, not bad. So if you don't, as long as that air blower, that, that blower fan is not full of something, um, you know, if a mouse has got in there and built a nest or what have you, and it's it's actually capable of, you might pull the blower motor down and take a look, and if it's nothing in there, the only other real choice is you've got a evaporator problem or you've got a, a, a you know a blend door maybe a, a blend door issue. But I would think that even if you had a blend door issue, you're you're pushing air through the condenser mm-hmm. and the air's got to come out somewhere. Yeah. So have you tried to switch it over to <coughs> to heat and see whether or not your uh, the blower gets better? Um, actually. On the heat, it does seem like it does blow a little better, right? A little harder out, yeah. Right, because you're you're pushing just through the heater core and not the heater core and the evaporator. That makes that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. so that's telling me from what you just said there that you got an evaporator plugged. Okay. And you can pull the blower motor down. You might be able to get in there and see it, but you yeah. can probably get your hand in there and kind of feel what's in front of that evaporator. Yeah, you might be able to and, and take a mirror uh, and a light and see if you can see something there. It's not a very small undertaking because the first thing that goes inside of a vehicle uh, is the heating and air conditioning box, and then everything piles on top of it with the dash and everything. So, uh, Right, you yeah. Know, in, in fact, we're doing one today, and it's a six-hour job. And uh, oh yeah, I'm sure it is. It's it's just a lot of nuts and bolts and screws, you know. And it just it's just a, and at times it's a two man job to get it out of there. So those dashboards right. are heavy. Yeah, they are heavy. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. Well, that, I'll pull that blower motor down and see if I can see anything or feel anything and start there. I guess. Yep. Sure. Otherwise, that's where you're heading. All right. Appreciate All the call, right. Ron. Thank you. You bet. All right, we're going to head over to Jerry. Jerry's got a 12 Silverado. Jerry, what's going on today? Oh, uh, yeah, my um, AM radio started having a lot of static on I like to listen to you guys when I'm going down the road, and then I like to listen to the morning show sometimes. Yeah. And it just started getting a lot of static on it. I used to be able to tap the dash, and it quit for a while, but then it it always came back. I was, is that the antenna, or do I got to pull the dash out and get the radio out? Well, I'm thinking you got more of a a, a radio problem, is yeah. what I'm thinking. If you can hit the dash and it goes away, your antenna's fine. I yeah, mean, the antenna is kind of if it's plugged in, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it, an antenna really only needs to be grounded for the most part, and everything needs to be plugged into the back. Now, the possibility mm-hmm. is is that could have uh, the the plug could have wiggled out because it's it's the same plug as it's been since. 1937 it just pushes into the back of the radio so yeah. uh okay that could have wiggled out and you know you got a kind of a positive or ground it's, it's got to kind of not so much a positive or ground but it's got to have a connection in there mm-hmm. and if it's wiggled loose for mm-hmm. a little bit there's there's many times that we pulled you know radios and, and control heads and and things like that apart and uh just wiggled the connectors and everything came back online hmm. so okay yeah. uh do I got to pull that whole dash out to get out? I pulled the glove boxes down and tried to look back there, but I can't see it. Yeah. On that one, there's just kind of a fascia around it. Mm-hmm. You can get a, like mm-hmm. a straight screwdriver behind it, and there's just little clips. And 
just be gentle and it'll kind of just pop out and yeah radio out my suggestion okay probably, you just pull you just pull that out from the dash then yes. yeah and everything is kind of different and everything kind of pop snaps together mm-hmm. i would mm-hmm. i would encourage you probably to to say go to youtube and maybe take a little bit of radio put in there radio removal so that you can kind of get okay. an idea where you're going because you just mm-hmm. never know whether you're sticking a screwdriver in and you're just popping something loose and it comes right out or you're popping something and it's broke. Yeah. So a little, oh, okay. a, a little bit of uh, research here will go a long way in keeping everything the way it is. So, yeah, we need to get that fixed, Jerry. I mean, you you got to be able to listen to KFAB. you got to be able to tune in to us. So I think that's a priority. <laughs> yeah. I tune in to you guys every Saturday. It's a nice day, so I think you need to hang up the phone and get right out there and get it done. <laughs> I will. All right. Thank you. You never know. You know, radios are kind of funny. I mean, the shorter, you know, I got a shorter antenna. It seems yeah. like I can't get it. KFAB is nearly as good as I used to. But I'm going for a longer one. Longer one? one? Of those 20 foot oh, get a whip antenna, antenna like yeah. back in the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose it could. car behind me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah. You know, you, you're a trendsetter, Kyle. So I'd yeah. imagine that if you do it, it'll start happening again. Yeah. It's not going to beat me to this curve. That's right. There you go. <laughs> All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Call to schedule your appointment today at 402. This is Nebraska's news, weather, and traffic station. News Radio 1110. KFAB. We respect you enough to tell you the truth. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110 is the number to get in, and let's answer your question for you. We're Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're going to head right into the calls, go over to Bob. He's been patiently waiting with an O2 Buick. Bob, what's going on? Hello there. Hey, uh, I've got a, on my Buick, it's uh, the fuel gauge. It works fine until it gets about halfway down, and then it stops and then it might even start going back the other way once in a while. Hmm. Oh, okay. So it hasn't uh, flipped around, so it obviously works and goes back and forth, right? Correct? Is that yeah. Right? Okay, all right. Every time I fill it up, it goes back up. And... Yeah, so you got a sending unit problem inside the gas tank. I'm, I'm, I'm a... I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's working. So half of the sending unit's working properly. So it sounds to me like the first half is working okay. It's from the half on down to the bottom, which is the the critical part of what you want to know if you're out of gas. So, yeah. And sometimes it'll work from, you know, half to empty, and that works fine, which is never really an issue because you just, you know, you just deal with that. So, yeah, th- those and they were kind of common problems back in those, uh, you know, Chevrolet products, Bu- Buick products for those, those to go bad. You can also have a, a dash problem. Um mm-hmm. But it just sounds more like you've got a, a gauge problem in the tank. If you shut the key off and turn it on, I mean, do all the gauges sweep fine? They should do a yes. sweep, like right when you turn the key on. Yeah, yes, that, they do. That all seems okay, to work fine. So I would guess your dash is fine. Yeah, yeah. And you can climb under there and unplug that fuel pump, and you know, generally it's a purple wire. I think it was to mm-hmm. the sender. And I mean, if you unplug it, it should go either full or empty, depending on which way the car's wired, and you can ground it and see if it goes the other way. That's one way to test that. Oh, you're testing your gauge there. Yeah, and yeah. if your gauge is working fine after that test, then you know you're in the tank. Right, right. 
Have you ever tried taking your hand and kind of whapping on the dash and see if it straightens out? I'm sure you have. Yeah. Okay. And it didn't, right? That's correct. Yeah. 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 You're, you're going into the tank. Yep. You're going in the tank. So now your decision is whether you want to do it to solve this problem or wait till the fuel pump dies and do it all at the same time. Yeah. Or right. it's going to die anyway because of those pumps were problem, uh, yeah, common. Were a problem. Maybe save yourself a tow truck trip yeah. and yeah, uh, do it before that happens. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate the call. All right. We're going to head over to uh, Terry. Terry's got a 18 Silverado. Terry, what's going on today? Hi. Uh, hey, I got a uh, my uh, service brake system for the trailer brake. Uh, it's, it's got the trailer brake uh, option on it, and mm-hmm. then, uh, it reads on the dash where the, the little screen, it reads service trailer brakes. And I've looked at i don't i'm not pulling the trailer when that comes on and also i've I've watched on youtube and uh, youtube says it's a wiring harness issue have you guys ever run into any of that stuff yes and i cannot remember it's been a while ago since i ran into that problem and i cannot remember specifically what we did um but i will tell you that a lot of times when we have wiring issues or taillight issues or or things that just aren't working right, um, we will go back to look at that seven-pin plug. Um, and, and a lot of times we'll see a corroded uh, connector back there. And that connector, okay. also, there's there's a pigtail that comes off of the back of that seven-pin connector then goes right. Oh, it's probably got a foot-long connector, and then it goes into a central... Oh, tail light module. Yeah, central tail light right. module, and it's right over top of the spare tire. And right yeah. in there is that that's where everything comes right off of there. And, and, and for trucks that don't need it or don't want it, you can just kind of plug it in and out. And it's an easy way to to replace that piece without getting a whole wiring harness. And sometimes I've oh. seen corrosion get in there and cause one pin to have an issue. Um, so that's what I would look. I'd drive the spare tire down. And yep, follow that wiring harness over there, and and, and pull the connectors apart. Look real good on in, inside. If you don't see anything, then I would get some dielectric grease, and then I would uh, smear that on there, and and then put it back together and see if you don't have a connection problem. Because I I think that's what you got. Okay, I'll try that. Thank you. You bet. All right, we're gonna head over to Cindy. Cindy's got a uh, 2015 Wrangler. Cindy, what's going on? Well, um. I've had um, I have a check engine light. It's been on because of a the P430 the um, catalytic converter, and we just I just ignore that because um, I'm out of and um, now um, I uh, I've always been work half the time, half the time it does, um, and then um, but. Moreover, when I did uh, check the codes this last time, um, there was PO369, PO344, which is the camshaft position sensor, okay. and then the PO128, which was the um, the thermostat. So we replaced the thermostat, but I didn't know about the the camshaft thing. If this and the cruise or the traction control light, it like it it goes off when I turn it off, and then it'll. I, yeah. I couldn't get the. It doesn't throw a code, or it doesn't keep a code in there. So I don't know if this is all like interconnected somehow, or I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, it seems like you got a lot of things going on. You're breaking up a little bit, so we're getting not all the story. We're getting a little bit of the story, but I think we got the gist of it. So, okay. Um, yeah, your cat code. Let's start with that. Cat code is just it's the efficiency is not there anymore, and that's why the cat code's on. So, yeah, we're not really worrying about that at the moment, unless you're having an issue. Uh, no. Thermostat code. You took care of that. That's easy. That. The camshaft sensor code. Yeah, that's that's probably the one that's. And the car runs fine? Um, you know, I kind of have noticed, like, you know, I don't know, maybe a little bit of loss of power, but I, it, there, it, sometimes it would just, like, I'd be driving and then it would just die. Okay. You know what I mean? And I know that could be part of that. Now, since we've replaced the, the, the thermostat thing, it doesn't do that, mm-hmm. whether that's connected or not, but... But it hasn't been that long ago that we went in and replaced that the thermostat thing. So yeah, and they don't seem to have uh, a lot of problems with with cams or crank no. sensors on that. It makes me think Has that, that got the three five in it. B six. Yeah, B six. Uh huh. B six. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's possible we got a cam sensor problem. Yeah, that um, engine. If it's the one I'm thinking of, they have four of them. Yeah, so, so you might want to go inspect them. First of all, that's what we would do is inspect them and make sure nothing's got up in there like mice or something, maybe chewed on some wires. Mm-hmm. That, that certainly can happen. They're underneath a cover, so you can't see them real easy. Um, we might, we, we'll pop the connectors off, make sure there's no corrosion in there. Um, the only other the thing. Cam sensor codes are kind of, because it can be tough to decipher if it's a sensor problem, an electrical right. problem, or a mechanical problem. An easy test to do, since there's multiple cam sensors, they're all the same. Switch it with another one and see if your code jumps to that one. There you go. And that's really easy, and it's an effective way. To of do testing. what now? Just So if you have, uh, what Kyle's saying is you have an intake, uh, if that particular code is for, let's say, an intake uh, cam sensor on the right bank, Okay. Take that one off and then exchange it with the one on the left-hand side and see if that code jumps from the right-hand side to the left-hand side. That'll tell you if you got a sensor problem. If it doesn't, right. I'm going more towards mechanical. Correct. Correct. Does that make sense? Okay. I think so. So, well, okay. so what we're doing is we have two. Is it easier for us to do or would it be better just to take it into a shop and have them do it? Uh, Well, it'd be way easier to take it into a shop because you ain't got to mess with it at all. But it's. It's it's easy enough that you've got four identical sensors, and if you just switch two of those identical sensors from one side to the other, clear your code and see if your code comes back. If it comes back for the left-hand side, then you you know you got a sensor problem. And if it comes back for the right-hand side, then you know you got more of a mechanical, maybe a phaser problem inside the inside the timing cover, which means you you have to take it to a shop in order to do that because that's very involved. I will tell you one other thing, since you have kind of multiple things going on here, and this is uh, Chrysler is very, very dependent on electricity, as all cars are, but any kind of bad connection at the battery cables and connection can can affect a Chrysler product more than a Toyota product, for example. Um, so make sure you take the cables off, clean, them, clean the, the posts real well, clean the inside of the cables real well, Put them back together, clear your codes, and see if that solves your problem. Earlier on in the show, we talked about taking the cables off and resetting it also. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and resetting mm-hmm. a, a car will effectively just like you do your home computer where you just restart it because you're having a problem and all of a sudden it comes back and your problem's gone. That can happen in cars now. So once you take those cables off and clean them real well, the insides of posts on the battery and the, and the cables, touch them together for about a minute, then put them back together and see if your problems go away. If they don't, well, we've eliminated the easiest thing and sometimes the easiest thing is solves your problem. Yeah, you'd be surprised. And then you can move towards whether you want to swap those sensors or take it to a garage and have it looked at. Well, I know that we've had to, like, the it, they, the connection, it wouldn't stay connected to the battery. And the, mm-hmm. so we had to take it in and have them crank it down so we wouldn't have to replace the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing. So I don't know. Well, and and I and and, and, and that that repair is great, but sometimes on the end of these cables, you get what they get the arcing back and forth. When kind of it's, it's kind of black corrosion, yeah. And they look good, but once you start digging into it, you see all brand new metal, and they're just not making as good as co- uh, connection as they should. And I've fixed many uh, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge problems by just doing Using that. a wire brush. Yeah, <laughs> get a wire brush, get it down to the base, and the, the positive is usually the worst one. So that okay. that may not be it, but I just you know we fix many of them that way. And we want to pass that information on, and then try that. And if mm-hmm. it still comes back, try switching the sensors. And if that doesn't work, yeah, you need to take it into a garage, have them take a look at it. Okay. Now, yeah. what about the traction control light that comes on when I go over? Well, does that come on in conjunction with the ABS, uh, the 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 check engine light? Well, the check engine light's always on because of the because of the catalytic converter. Right, right. So you might, uh, I think we, you know, I don't know. I got to see what that code would be. But a lot of times with the check engine light on, your your ABS will be disconnected on certain cars. Um, usually, what you have there is going to be a bad connection on a a wheel speed sensor. But you got four of those on one in each wheel, so it kind of depends on which one that is and what code it might be. Okay. So that, yeah, because it resets every time you shut it off, so okay. I wasn't able to get a code on it. Yeah, it, and it does because yeah. it, it just starts back over, and as soon as it thinks everything's okay when the car is sitting still, as you roll, it realizes it's not pursu- uh, producing an AC voltage, and when it doesn't produce that, it says, aha, something's going on, and, and the right rear, for example, and it kicks on and says, there's your code. So, yeah, you kind of kind of sometimes, sometimes drive them with a monitor on there. Yeah, correct. See what's happening. Correct. Yeah, you have to have a scanner on there to be able to figure out which one's not moving. So, all right, Cindy, I got to take a quick break. Sorry to cut you off, but appreciate the call. If you got any more questions on that, give us a call back. So, five five eight eleven ten is the number to give us a call. We'll be back in a moment. All right, we're back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to head straight into the call, see if we can get everybody handled before the end of the end of the hour. We're going to head over to uh, which one? Two. We're going to head over to Eric. Eric's got a 250 Ford. What's going on, Eric? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, got a 2004 F-250 with a gas motor in it, V10. Um, I have a, uh air conditioning issue. Um, it's it's not getting cold. Um it just all of a sudden happened, so I'm, I'm not sure if – I've never charged it before, so I didn't know if I should just go ahead and charge it, say the heck with it, and just charge it and uh, see if it fixes the problem or if there's something else I should do some diagnostic on 
maybe uh, disconnect the uh, accumulator and jump the uh, uh, wire there so that I can see if that uh, compressor's working or yep. should I just start by charging it first? Well, start the truck and see if your compressor's coming on. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so uh, cross over that low-pressure switch and see if you can force the compressor on. If it's capable yeah. of coming on, that, that's what you want to know. Um, and if, that, if that's the case, then, yeah, it may be low on refrigerant. But still, if it's, if it's empty, it's not going to come on. My guess is if it just okay. happened all of a sudden, like, and you can probably press one of the Schrader valves down and see if you've got any kind of residual there. If you press the Schrader valve down you've, on the low side and you've got nothing, then, yes, you've got a leak that happened all of a sudden. But being that it's a Ford of that era, I'm going to say that you probably got a bad compressor. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. a bunch of them. Yep. And then uh, pull the compressor wiring off, hook everything back up, pull the compressor wire off, and see if you're getting power and see if you're getting ground with it on. I, I bet you got a compressor. Almost Okay. Bet. All right. All right. I sure appreciate it, guys. You, you bet. No problem. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Well. That's that. That's that. So uh, it is. We're playing our song, Kyle. Hang on if you're on the on the air. They're on the line there. We'll try to answer a couple calls offline. So 558-1110 is the number to get in next week. First thing, so we can get to your calls and and we don't, you know, we, don't, we want to fix them all, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week.